Evil is terrible. It's a horrible part of life that we all face. Every worldview needs to try and make sense of suffering. However, for theists who believe in a God who is all-powerful, all-loving, like Christians do, the issue is amplified. There are multiple problems of evil. The logical problem argues that God and evil are mutually exclusive. You cannot have both. The evidential problem argues that given the amount of evil in this world, it is improbable that God exists. And the emotional problem of evil, which is not an intellectual challenge to theism, but in fact can be raised by a Christian, asks why this particular evil occurred, and how can I trust God who permits such evil? Here, I can only give an overview of the issues. The logical problem of evil states that you cannot have both God and evil. It is an either or choice. And since there clearly is evil, it follows that there is no God. While I can feel the force of this argument, as an academic challenge, it must be gently stated that there is no contradiction between the two premises, one, that God exists, and two, evil exists. So this argument assumes a third hidden premise, namely an omnipotent, omniscient, and perfectly good being would have no good reason for allowing evil. Being a logical challenge, the theist does not have to prove a theodicy, that is God's actual reason for allowing evil. Rather, all that the theist has to show is a defense, that is, a possible reason why God might have permitted evil. One possible reason could be free will. Free will is understood here in the libertarian sense. Libertarians are incompatibilists, i.e. they think that free will is not compatible with determinism, and they think that at least some actions or choices are freely performed. However, it is still logically possible, although not necessarily true, that free creatures always freely only make good choices. In response, it could be that for any set of creatures, at least one of those creatures would freely go astray, thereby introducing evil into that world. Thus, we can conclude with Alston that it is now acknowledged on almost all sides that the logical argument is bankrupt. However, what about the evidential problem of evil? Given all the evidence of evil in this world, one might argue that the existence of evil renders God's existence improbable. The Christian could actually agree that when one only looks at the evil in this world, it does give one reason to doubt. However, if we were to take into account the full scope of the evidence, including things like the cosmological argument, or the fine-tuning of the universe, or Jesus' resurrection, then God's existence is probable. Others have also added that since humans are finite, we are not in the best position to evaluate whether an omniscient being might have morally sufficient reasons for allowing evil. Finally, William Lane Craig argues that the Christian faith entails doctrines that increase the probability of the coexistence of God and evil. Namely, 1. The chief purpose of life is not happiness, but knowledge of God. 2. Mankind is in a state of rebellion against God and his purposes. 3. The knowledge of God spills over into eternal life. And 4. The knowledge of God is an incommensurable good. 
Consequently, as a scholarly challenge, evil does not make God's existence less likely. But what about the emotional problem of evil? The question remains, why then does God allow such evils? Unless one has a word from the Lord, we cannot know why a particular evil occurs. However, some principles from Scripture can help one trust God through the turmoil. Genesis, the first book of the Bible, reminds us that God created a good world, and it was because of human sin and rebellion that suffering took hold. Yet, as Romans 5.8 tells us, God demonstrates his love in that even while we were still far from him, Christ died to restore us. Revelation, the last book of the Bible, promises that God will set things right. As Revelation 21.4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Till then, God's Spirit is at work, and Jesus knows the struggles we have faced and endured, having suffered them himself. Further, uh, in his book, Where is God When It Hurts?, Philip Yancey asks, Where is the church? Meaning, that the body of Christ is active to serve this hurting world right now. The Bible also teaches that sometimes people suffer, not because of anything they did to deserve it, meaning there is such a thing as innocent suffering. Many more points could be made about how the Christian God comforts those who suffer, but this briefly illustrates that even the emotional problem of evil need not be overwhelming. In conclusion, evil is horrendous. This short video does not take the matter lightly, but it does believe that the Christian worldview has a helpful response that can provide solace to a hurting world, and I would encourage you to seek out a friend because they can offer support that a talk like this cannot. And I pray that at all times you will know Christ's peace and grace. God bless.